Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Shea. Welcome to my podcast, Shaycation, Living the Abundant Life, where we will encourage and empower each other to live the full life in Christ. You know, life with God is a trip. What we believe about his goodness determines how great of a trip your life can be. Join me on my Shaycation and let's have a blast on this trip with God that we call life. In this three-part broadcast, I share my testimony at Destiny Worship Center in Miramar Beach, Florida. It's the story of what God did in my life following a painful divorce and how he resurrected my current marriage. Join in as we hear all about the trip I took with God. Hi, everybody. How are you tonight? Are you having fun? It's like the Oprah giveaway. There's food. There's shopping. You're out with your girls. Yes. Awesome. Now, I know you heard the word respect and you heard submit. Don't leave. <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years. I know what you're thinking and feeling already. You're like, I'm going to pretend to go to the bathroom. And then 10 seconds later, you get up too. We're out of here. I've got guards at the door. You're not going anywhere. All right. Um, <laughs> You know, I work for Love and Respect Ministries with uh, Dr. Emerson and Sarah Egrich, and I don't believe in the message because I work for them. I work for them because I believe in the message. And I believe in the message because I was a girl just like you, and I started to feel hopeless, and I found myself in a big mess, and I turned to God as a last resort, and he showed up and told me to do some things I did not want to do, and in doing that, he radically changed my life in an amazing way. And so I am here to tell you that I have lived what I'm going to talk to you about, and I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you can laugh with me or you can laugh at me. I don't care. Let's just have fun, all right? I'd like to show you my family. Um, I have a picture. Oh, we're on a beach. That is our social media worthy picture. Um, we've been married 18 years. Sydney is my senior in high school, and uh, she's 17. Samantha is 13. Matthew is 12. In January, I'll be the mother of three teenagers. Start praying for me now. But right there, it is the picture of happy family perfection, right? I've got another picture for you. Okay. This is reality. These are the pictures that never make it to Facebook. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. I really do. Because now... <laughs> Uh, notice the one in the middle, the eldest. I, honestly, if you look closely at her hands, I think she's pinching her younger siblings. <clears throat> I really do. Um, my middle child, she is the one who, like, she's having a bad day, but she'll try to make the best of it, and she'll smile. Okay, Bobby. And then I got the screamer. Um, the look on my face is, should I laugh? Should I cry? Shoot me now. And my husband, I have no idea what he's thinking because at this point, again, male, female, not wrong, just different. So what's going on in my head and what's going on in his head are probably two different things. Now, what I will say is even though we're smiling sort of in this picture, this is when my husband and I 
were talking divorce. And for me to be standing here tonight is so out of my mind, crazy God, um, that I need to get it together right now. <laughs> so, but anyway, but before I tell you about this, I need to tell you where I came from so that you understand some things. I was raised in church. I went to church every single Sunday. All right, I knew that God was big. He was a big God. He was a powerful God. But he was very busy with third world countries and starving orphans and wars. And he loved Mother Teresa and Billy Graham because they were doing fabulous things for him. He was like, those are my favorite kids. They're good. But and then Jesus. Jesus died for the whole world. Okay, so that was my view of God and Jesus and um, not really a solid foundation at all. So I went to an all-girl high school. Any all-girl high school survivors? Oh, oh, we will hug later because I'm going to tell you that does nothing for your self-esteem, okay? <laughs> it was a very tough school and um, I was probably 30 pounds soaking wet, so I couldn't really stick up for myself, so I had the verbal skills. You see, I'm very boisterous, I'm independent, I like to tell it like it is, and if you come at me with something, I'll get you right back, all right? So that's how I learned to defend myself, was verbally. When I was eight, to, oh, other that, you know, talking about an all-girls school, you don't really meet a lot of guys. I'm <laughs> just saying, opportunities are slim, but at 18, I met the man of my dreams. By the time I was 19, I was engaged, I was married by the time I was 21. I was on the same path as my mom and dad. And they met in high school, got married at 21, and they are still, praise God, happily married. But two years into this relationship, everything fell apart. Everything fell apart. And we decided we were gonna get divorced. Who would get hurt? We didn't have any kids. I was young, he was immature, you know, irreconcilable differences. <laughs> Who would get hurt? Big mistake, just oops. Well, little did I realize that that decision was going to devastate me. I suffered from chronic fatigue Epstein-Barr syndrome. There were days I couldn't even get out of bed, I was so sick. I was clinically depressed and on antidepressants. I was suicidal. I was lonely because my friends were his friends, so when he left, they went with him, and I found myself alone. Interestingly enough, I was working at the time, and God strategically placed this woman who sat in this cubicle, like almost on top of me, and her name was Kate. And Kate started telling me about her divorce. She had been divorced 10 years prior, and Wow, Lisa, I know how you're feeling. I know what you're thinking. I know the pain you're going through. I know the hopelessness. Has anyone here ever thought their life was gonna go one way and something happened and it doesn't look like you thought at all and you feel like this is hopeless? That's where I was. So Kate kept saying this thing to me. She'd say, Lisa, during this desperate time in my life, I met Jesus and Oh, the hope that I have now. I, there is new meaning to life. And he is wonderful. And you will feel so loved. And, and you will understand more. He has a bigger plan. And Lisa, God 
has written your name in his book since the beginning of time. Okay. Lisa, you don't understand. Your name has been written in his book since the beginning of time. Okay. La, la, la. Jesus loves you. Okay, I went to church every single Sunday, but the name Jesus was too reverent. We didn't talk about him. Oh, so we got, I'm like, oh, Jesus, she's talking about Jesus, and it's really creeping me out, and I can't be rude to her because she's sitting, like, on top of me. And, and so I'm like, oh, that's really nice, Kate. Type, type, type. She's one of them. She said, Jesus freak. Oh, my God, get me away from her. She's crazy. Okay, but she was so sweet, and she really did care about me. Your name is written in his book. So, I don't know if any of you remember this back in the day. I'm really dating myself, but she handed me a tract. Does anyone know what a tract is? Oh, yeah, that was a really great, that was a really great method to share Jesus. So she gives me this tract, and what a tract is, for those of you who don't know, is it's a card, and on the card is a prayer. And the prayer is um, to accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. Okay, now, a prayer does not save you. Jesus Christ saves you. But, <clears throat> you know, she handed me this note this little track. I go out on disability, I am really isolated, and I'm desperately thinking about ending my life because I didn't see any way out of this pain, this illness, this depression, this hopelessness, this death of a dream. And I realized, you know, I could end my life, but I, I can't do that to my mother. Darn it, stuck. I am so stuck. So I pull out the track and I read the prayer. And I read it again. And I read it again. And again. And again. And I feel nothing. Now I'm going to tell you this. Side note, the first, the first minute that I prayed that prayer for the very first time and I was crying out, Jesus saved me like that. That is the truth. But I didn't know that. I wanted to feel something. I don't know what I wanted to feel. Did I want the heavens to open up? Did I want harps and angels? Did I want to jump for joy? Did I, I don't know what I expected, but I knew I didn't feel any different. We take our salvation by faith. But again, I didn't know that. So this is what I did. I said, God, I don't know if I matter to you. I really don't think I do. But if I do, will you show me? Will you show me that I, I matter and that you care because things are really bad right now and I don't know if I can live another day? Hopelessness. Not long after that, my grandmother shows up at the door. And my family knew I was very sick. They knew that I was, you know, bombed out, but they didn't know the depth of despair that I was going through. And she's like, Lisa, I have something for you. It's your great-grandfather's. Now, my great-grandparents lived with my grandparents from the time I was born till I was 12 years old. So any time I went to Grandma and Grandpa's, Nana and Gigi were there, okay? So it was not a big deal that my grandmother would have something of my great-grandfather's. She was a pack rat. Her house just kept getting wider because she saved everything. But when I was 12, my, both my great-grandparents passed away. So she said, I have something for you. Great. So she hands me this book. We have a picture. Oh, that's cool, Grandma. Thank you so much. I love heirlooms. This is really neat. It is a New Testament, Army-Navy edition. Wow, thank you, Grandma. Then I opened it up. 
And inside it says, to Lisa, from Gigi and Nana. Ladies, gentlemen, my name was written in his book. Your name is written in his book, too. No matter where you are in your life, no matter how hopeless things may be, he sees, he hears, he knows, he cares, he's watching. Your name is written in his book. I matter to God? Oh my gosh! Kate, guess what? I get it now. I've got hope. You were divorced. You met Jesus. He forgave you. I got divorced. I met Jesus. He forgave me. I get it. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. I'm telling the whole world about Jesus. I become one of them. <laughs> and it was so cool. And I'm on fire for God. I did not, and then at this point, Kate moves to a different company, and we only keep in touch at Christmas time through Christmas cards, and I don't have godly women around me telling me what I should do, right? You know, what to do, what not to do, and to pray for me and encourage me, and so I take matters into my own hands, and I meet Mike Shea. And I was like, bow, chicka, bow, bow. He is a hottie. Thank you, Jesus. All right, this is good. I'm good now. I'm good now, God. And I put God in my back pocket. Have we ever, am I the only one? Things are really bad, and you're like, God, God, God. And then he like picks you up, brushes you off, gets you, okay. And then you're like, ooh, peace out, thanks. And you go on your merry way until you fall right back into a whole nother pit. And then you're like, how did I get here? I dated Mike Shea for four years. I studied him under a microscope. <laughs> I wasn't going to make the same mistake twice. Uh-uh. Nope. I broke up with him whenever he got creepy because, you know, guys can be a little, you know. <laughs> Sorry, gentlemen. Don't worry. I broke up with him when I got creepy because girls can be a little creepy too, you know? So I was like, I am not married, I am dating, he looks at me wrong, he is out of here, yeah! And then he kept coming back. And I was like, hmm, oh, this must be the one because I am trying to run him off and he just keeps coming back for more. <laughs> All right, must be the one. <laughs> so I will add this too. I did everything wrong in that relationship. Do you know what I'm saying without saying it? I did everything wrong. I did not honor God in that relationship. We lived together because I wasn't going to make that same mistake. Put God in my back pocket. So Mike Shea and I decide, it's time. We're going to get married. We were the best of friends. We communicated like amazing. We finished each other's, other's we finished each other's sentences. We loved to be together. He would go grocery shopping with me. Who does that? So we decide it's time to get married. So we get married. In the first year of our marriage, so we get married, I get pregnant. He gets a new job. I get a new job. We move out of state. Then I had a baby two months later, so 14 months. So within the first 14 months, oh, we bought, a, we bought a home. So in the first 14 months of our marriage, we nailed seven of the major stressors in your life. So stupid. 
again with God in my back pocket. During that time, our focus was definitely not on God, and my focus was on my baby, and his focus was on, oh my goodness, now I am you know, supporting, I was a stay-at-home mom at this point, and he's got the pressure of his job, the pressure of the bills for everybody, the weight of I need, to sur- I need to survive and care for this family. I didn't understand all that. I just thought he went to work. You know, I had a baby at home. He could go to the bathroom by himself. Like, I had someone on my lap. I, he thought, I had such a bad day. Did, <laughs> did you go to the bathroom alone? Well, yeah. I had a better day than I did. And I did your job. We worked at the same company. I did your job. I'm telling you, your job is a lot easier than mine. Okay. But that's where my mind was. So he's focusing on him. I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on my child. And things disintegrated rapidly. Now, we did have some good days in between those bad days. We have two other children. (laughs) I did not know there was going to be so many men in this room. (laughs) So... But again, that didn't ease the pressure at all. All of a sudden, we were outnumbered. And my last two, if you notice, they are 13 months and 28 days apart. I had two in diapers. I was like pulling my, I was like that picture with my hair like this. It was like that every day. It wasn't the wind from the beach. It always looked like. (laughs) All right. So our marriage disintegrates. And I'm standing at the top of my stairs with two of the three, I think, and I look down at the foyer and he's standing up looking at me and he goes, I hate living here. The sad thing was, I hated living there too. I didn't know how this happened. We were best friends. I would walk into a room and he'd say, what's wrong now? (laughs) Okay, high school Lisa, this is what high school Lisa said. What's wrong now? (laughs) I just got here, so you must be the problem. He would shoot a little spitball zinger, and I would bring out the high school atomic bomb. (laughs) He could not win an argument with me. Can I tell you, that does not help your marriage at all. It doesn't. Now, I know I'm making light of some things and we're laughing, but ladies, when I found myself faced with a second disintegrating marriage, and this time with three kids, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is bad. I I need help. I need help. I need hope. So I started reading. I read 20 self-help books on marriage and self-improvement to try to fix things. 20. We went to counselors on and off. One Christian counselor was sitting there. He met with both of us, and then he met with us separately. And when he had me by himself with a Bible in his lap, he looked at me and he said, Lisa, the only way you're going to get his attention is if you throw him out. Oh, um, you're supposed to be counseling me in the ways of God, and I don't have grounds to do that, and... You're telling me that my situation is so hopeless, God can't even fix it? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hopelessness, 
yet again, this time even worse. So I drive home in my minivan, <laughs> and I'm sobbing. And I go to the very last resort that should have been my first resort. And I say, oh God, oh God, I am so sorry. I'm in a mess. I know I've done this. I don't know how I did it. I mean, I'm just caring for me and my children. I'm just trying to care for my children. I don't, but I need your help. Do you remember me? I'm Lisa. Now this is what I did know. I knew enough that God was not gonna rescue me back here and save me and deliver me from depression and heal me of sickness and save me eternally. I knew he wouldn't do that back here to abandon me here. He is the same God yesterday. Let's give him a, he is the same God yesterday, today and tomorrow. And yes, it was my fault I walked away from him. Yes, 100% it was me. And my husband did the same thing, but he is a loving and merciful God. And if you find yourself in that position today, you call out on him and he will answer you and he will rescue you because he has plans for you. You can find any resources mentioned in my podcast by going to lisasheaministries.com. Click on podcast and look for the show notes where we'll have links for resources to help you continue on this trip called life.